day, how are you? Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I am Gregory Breton, and I am the host of the Man Cave Huddle. Once again, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule so we could just talk about some things. You know, I know I never talk about baseball, but what about this World Series, man? I mean, you got Washington and you got the Houston Astros. I mean, I know if you're living in Washington or Houston, it must be great. But on the national scale, not a lot of teams, not a lot of people are really watching these two teams. But it's good baseball, though. It's good baseball because Washington is not really a very analytical team. And the way sports in general is going towards more analytics, Washington, they just, you know, show up and blow up, barbecue and meal, dude. You know what time it is. As we begin this season, basketball, oh, I can't wait for college basketball to begin because there's so many good teams. You got your Michigan States, your North Carolinas, your Dukes. You got so you got Kentucky. There are so many good teams out there where it's going to be very good this year, especially in the NBA too. It feels like if you're living in New York at 1030, you could just put on NBA TV. You could put it on TNT or whatever channel is playing an NBA game that night. And you could just go to sleep to a West Coast game because it's going to be quality basketball. Because if you heard my last episode with the NBA predictions, it just feels like the it feels like 10 teams could qualify for the playoffs. So every team, one through eight, there's no night off. You have to get every game you could get in the West. But that's neither here nor there. This podcast is dedicated to week nine. Week nine, right? In the NCAA football. I'm going to give you a preview of a couple teams. First off, I'd like to start off with a game that's going to take place Saturday at 12 p.m. noon on Fox at Ohio Stadium in Columbus, Ohio, where the 13th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers, who are 6-1, will take on the number third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes, who are 7-0 and are favored to win this game by 14.5 points. Wisconsin... Coming off a really devastating loss to Illinois. It was one of those clear cut. We're looking past Illinois. Although the interception that was thrown by the quarterback, it was an error. But maybe as a whole, they were looking past Illinois and really thinking about this monster mega matchup with Ohio State. Now, a couple notes on Wisconsin right now. This is their first appearance in Columbus since 2013. This is the first meeting between Wisconsin and Ohio State when both since both teams since the 2017 Big Ten Championship. Five of the last six meetings between these two teams have been decided by seven points or less, including two turnovers. So that lets you know that this game is going to be good. Now, let's talk about the strength of the Wisconsin Badgers. When I did my research, I found that their strength is in their defense. Their defense leads the country in points allowed. We're talking seven weeks into the season, and they lead the country in points allowed with 7.6 points per game and yards allowed with 193 yards per game with four shutouts. 
Now, you're almost eight weeks into the season. I know in college football, teams don't sit there and play the stiffest competition week in and week out. But still, to sit there and knowing that you're playing competitive competition and holding a team week in and week out to a touchdown and under 193 yards and sprinkle in four shutouts, that's pretty damn good. Now, the player that is must-watch, that's definitely going to go in the first round, that is probably right now the best running back in the country, is junior, number 23, Jonathan Taylor. Through the first seven games of this season, he has 19 total touchdowns. That leads the nation in total touchdowns by one player, as well as obviously individual scoring. 15 rushing and four receiving, letting you know that he's not just a running back. He's also a dual threat as a receiver out of the backfield. He's averaging 136.7 yards rushing per game, which is third nationally, and 156 yards from scrimmage, which is fourth nationally, which leads you to believe, like, look, I know it's only like 20 yards more, but still, when he gets out of the backfield, he's a threat. And he's putting up yards per game, and he's a productive player. How productive is he? He's become the fourth player in college football, in FBS history. Because now you say college football, FBS, and all these subdivisions. He's become the fourth player in FBS history to rush for 5,000 yards before the end of his junior season. That's a lot of yards, right? I mean, that's more than 1,000 yards per season. You're talking close to 2,000 yards per season to have 5,000 before the end of your junior season. There's only been, like I said, he's the fourth back. Who are the other three? Herschel Walker, University of Georgia. Ron Dane, a fellow Wisconsin Badger. And LaMichael James from Oregon, a duck. That is impressive. That is highly impressive to have that type of production from a running back perspective. Now, let's flip the script, go to the other team, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They lead the series between these two teams, 59 wins, 18 losses, and five ties in total. When both teams are ranked, the Buckeyes lead the series, 12 wins, five losses to two ties, and all-time at home versus Wisconsin. The Buckeyes are 30 wins, seven losses, three ties. So no matter which way you slice it up, these the Ohio State has the Wisconsin Badgers number. And when I looked at the Ohio State Buckeyes, I feel that the strength of this team, and it matches up right up there with Wisconsin, is their defense. Now, I just mentioned to you that Wisconsin leads the country with 7.6 points per game allowed per game. Well, guess who's number two in the country? Ohio State. They allow eight points per game. That's second in the country. In total yards allowed, you had Wisconsin, 193. Guess who's number two? Ohio State with 229 yards allowed per game. Another interesting stat I found was that these Ohio State Buckeyes, four sacks per game, that ranks second in the country. So they don't let you score. They don't let you walk up and down the field. And if you dare pass, they will 
eat your quarterback and get a sack. But one thing that I did find, and in my opinion, this is where the game will be won and lost. Say what you want, Justin Fields, you got Jonathan Taylor, Chase Young. You got all these names, um, however many guys are getting drafted. This is where the game will be win or loss. Third down offensive conversion, meaning when it's third down, Ohio State converts that third down 56.1% of the time, which leads the country. On the flip side, Wisconsin, they hold their opponent to a 16.3 conversion rate percentage defensively, which leads the country. So what you're having is the number one offense in converting third downs going up against the number one defense and not allowing third downs to be converted. Whoever wins that battle is going to win this game. Obviously, minus turnovers, injuries, or any type of special teams, touchdowns, that is going to be how and when you could determine who's going to win this game. Um, when you look at these Buckeyes, though, I mean, they have outscored their opponents 231 to 31 in the first half. That is truly amazing. I mean, they are averaging 33 points, 305 total yards just in the first half. Not the game. We're not talking about the game. Not the game. Not the game. We're not talking about practice, a.k.a. Allen Iverson. We're talking about a half. 33 points, 305. Only allowing 4.4 points and 94.1 total yards in the first half. So what happens is, is that Ohio State gets the ball. They walk up and down the field a couple times. And then by the time you get into sync, the quarterback is looking at the head coach like, what had happened was... Um, Look, the only shot that the Wisconsin Badgers have is not allowing Justin Fields and that Ohio State offense to convert regularly on third downs, and they have to keep that Ohio State offense on the sideline by running Jonathan Taylor literally for over 200 yards and a couple touchdowns in this game for them to win. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I think this is going to be a tight game. I don't know if it's going to be a 14-2-touchdown game win, but I do believe that the Ohio State Buckeyes pull away with the victory in this game. Moving on to my next game that I feel that you guys should pay attention to as your Man Cave Huddle must-watches of the weekend is also going to take place on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. on CBS at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You're going to have your, this is going to be a tiger fight. Tiger eye. You're going to have the number nine Auburn Tigers coming in at six and one, taking on the number two ranked LSU Tigers. That's why I said it's going to be a tiger on tiger warfare right there. And the Tigers of LSU, I should say, are coming in at seven and zero, and are favored to win this game by ten and a half points. How about the SEC having two teams not two. They got like five of the top 10 teams in the top 10. But obviously, this is going to be must-watch TV having two teams in the top 10. Now, when we talk about Auburn, this is going to be head coach's Gus Mozan's 100th career game as a head coach. So that should be celebrated. 
maybe provide a little bit of inspiration for those Auburn football players. Now, the Tigers of Auburn, I should say, they are 21 and 1 since 2017 when rushing for over 130 yards with 16, 16 straight wins. Right? So, pretty much, if I'm Gus Mazan, I'm thinking we're just going to run all day, hit our number, we're going to get this win. Now, let's delve a little bit deeper into the Auburn offense. 978 yards in the second half is what the Auburn Tigers have accumulated thus far throughout the season, and that ranks them fifth in the FBS. And out of those 978 yards after halftime, they are 518 yards in the fourth quarter alone rushing with six TDs. So what you're getting is a lot of production, but a lot of it is rushing thus forth 130 yards. But what I'm saying to you is, is that they lean on the rushing because of the pure freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, but they can't and will run up and down the field. Going to be a real test for the LSU Tigers. Now, I said this earlier in a couple episodes. I wonder if some of you are paying attention. The Auburn Tigers have won 20 straight games when scoring a non-offensive touchdown. What is a non-offensive touchdown, Greg? Well, let me explain it to you. A non-offensive touchdown is a kickoff return, a punt return, a fumble return for a touchdown, a special teams touchdown, and any special teams block, a field goal, or a punt block that's returned for a touchdown. That is what a non-offensive touchdown is. Or a pick six can be considered a non-offensive touchdown. When it, that happens, the last 20 games, that the Auburn Tigers have played, they've won. So pretty much worst-case scenario for the LSU Tigers is to allow 130 yards rushing and a non-offensive touchdown. Because if that happens, oof. Oof. It's going to get a little hot down there in Baton Rouge. And one thing that you do like having a pure freshman quarterback, which the Auburn Tigers have in Bo Nix, and going up against this LSU Tiger defense, their offensive line has combined for 99 starts, which ranks them 10th in FBS. But when you have an offensive line that's played 99 games together, well, I shouldn't say 99 games together. 99 starts. That's a lot of experience, especially in the SEC. They've seen a lot, been through a lot, and you're going to need that blocking this LSU defense. Why? Because, first of all, LSU in this series – they lead it all time, 30 wins, 22 losses to one tie. And they've won the last nine in Baton Rouge. Now, let's, when we talk about LSU, I've t- spoken about them playing Texas, and I spoke about how good this defense is, DBU, this and that, that and this. Let's talk about this for the first time in a long time. This LSU offense, I mean, they scored points in 43 consecutive trips inside the red zone. They've scored 35 or more points in 10 straight games. 
That is obviously the nation's longest street. But what really blew my mind is, is that that has put LSU as one of only 25 teams in college football history, history ever to have it been done to score 35 points or more in 10 straight games. So we're talking about all these great high-flying Alabama-dominant teams. They haven't scored 35 or more points in 10 straight games. I mean, that is truly amazing. And you know what that leads me to believe? Year in and year out, you look at LSU and you sit there and say what? If only they had a quarterback. They got a running back. They got Odell Beckham. They got Landry Jones. They got all, they got, um, they got all these players on defense. If they only had a quarterback. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and to my friend out there who really likes LSU, really, a senior quarterback by the name of Joe Burrow is that dude. When we talk about Joe Burrow, he has not only been a godsend to this LSU program at quarterback, he is a walking record book for the LSU Tigers. He, at this point, seven games into the season, 2,484 yards, second in the nation. His 79.4 completion percentage leads the country. He's completing eight out of every 10 passes, bruh. Can you believe eight out of every 10 passes he's completing? He has 20 or more completions in 10 straight games, which is a school record. And he has 29 passing touchdowns, which is tied for first in the NCAA and is already a school record. So for the rest of the season, all he's doing is caking up on what's already his record. So the completions, pass touchdowns, you know by the end of the season, he's probably going to have single season pass yards. I mean, this is truly amazing what Joe Burrows has done. And I've had this conversation with people like my job. And you know who I'm talking to. If Joe Burrow can remain undefeated, that matchup when this LSU team goes down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide, ladies and gentlemen, that is barbecue chicken to the highest degree. That game right there is going to be epic, epic, epic. I can't wait for that. But both teams have to do their job because two, TT, Tua on uh, Alabama, he's out and he's going to be out for a while with the bad ankle. So hopefully the ankle's healed up and he'll be ready to go when he plays the LSU Tigers. Now another game that I wanted to talk about but I'm not going to do it in this episode. I'm going to leave that for my next episode and make it a one-topic episode. Well, we're going to talk about the no, my no, Notre Dame, Notre Dame fighting Irish taking on the 19th ranked Michigan Wolverines in Ann Arbor in the big house. But that's, that, that's neither here nor there. We're going to talk about that game as well as games you should look out for this weekend. That's coming to you tomorrow night. Now, 
As I do in every episode, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule just to listen to me talk about football. Because, I mean, look, I love football, college, NFL. I love it. And for you to take your time out and just listen to me babble, it's a blessing, and I appreciate it. Don't think that I don't. The people out there that actually play this and listen to this, thank you. My positive note for this episode is do not lower your standards to keep people around you. Make them meet you at your level. Self-respect is power. Do not lower your standards to keep people around you. Make them meet you at your level. Because self-respect is power. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.